Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. November 1973, this came out. Really? Yeah. I knew it was 73. I didn't know it was like the actual month. That's kind of cool. I guess. If you're you're into time and dates. Yeah, you Disney freaks. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Disney's Robin Hood, Dawn of the Furries. Mm-hmm. Soon, the world's best-loved legend achieves its brightest, most colorful dimension when it comes to the screen in total animation from Walt Disney Productions. Yay, Dad! Help! Robin, help! <laughs> Robin Hood. Sherwood Forest celebrated characters, but now they're members of the animal kingdom. They super want us to fuck them. Oh, the yeah. whole movie, they're like, "Is this? Do you want this? How about you want this? Fuck what this? about this one? All right, okay. How about next this scene. rooster. Next scene. What about this rooster? Yeah. How about him? Uh, big old thank you to Burrito, thank you. our Patreon uh, producer who made this happen. Uh, thank you, Burrito. We love Disney's Robin Hood. We love watching Disney's Robin Hood, and uh, yeah. 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 You well, do you like Disney's Robin Hood? This is one of my favorite Disney films. Really? Um, I like it okay. Uh it was it's one of those that I've seen it a whole lot. I grew I grew up watching it a, a, a lot. Um and there were parts of it that I liked as a kid, but mostly this was like sort of indexed in my memory as one of the boring ones, like the Aristocats. So, oh, interesting. Sort of like the sixties and seventies. Disney in in my brain when I was a kid were like the boring years. Um, this is one that, but as an adult, this, I appreciate it more because it's very funny. It is. Um, yeah, I, I I grew up on it as well, and it's just always stuck with me. This and like Sword in the Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the theme song has never left my head. Oh no. Uh, yeah, just every time I wake up, that's what I hear. The stupid rooster. Ooh, Delali. This fucking rooster. Okay, <laughs> I I think this rooster is a questionable narrator because I forgot rewatching this. The rooster is like, "This is how it really happened," and he keeps saying that, and I'm like, "Really? We're talking animals? Like he's he's they're really trying to push like it's it's it reminds me of that the Jamie Fox Robin Hood where they're like the story you didn't hear." <laughs> Yeah, I love it whenever they do that, and then they tell a ridiculous story. Well, it, it's more it's just very funny. I think it's more intentional in this. It's it's more like yeah, with a wink is. in this one because that's the it whole is. the whole idea is Robin Hood's a legend. It it's true. Yeah, but yeah, questionable rooster is my point. I love later <laughs> every when every rooster is questionable. <laughs> yeah, later when he's also been arrested. That's not for not paying taxes. That's just indecent exposure. That that fucking rooster. Yeah, that is fun. He has, he, has, fun. he has the strut of a man that's on a registry. Oh, yeah. It's very fun when they arrest the narrator like that really raises the stakes. It uh, does this. Yeah, this 
has one of the darkest second acts, I think, of a Disney film. It really does. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Um, it's so yeah. brutal. Everyone gets arrested. Friar Tuck goes to jail. They're going to hang Friar Tuck. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And the castle also burns like, down. Yeah. I know. Wild. I love a good Disney. Disney will do this every now and then where like when it's like it's getting dark, they're like, let's literally make it dark and stormy. Uh, and it's it's wonderful. I love it when they do that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, this is I also have to point out this is I mean, it's Robin Hood. It's just very funny to me. Robin Hood's one of those things that's just baked into our culture. Um, and it's the story about how you know the rich overtax the poor yeah. to fund themselves yes. and how that's fundamentally e- evil mm-hmm. and bad yeah. and we should not do it right and rich people are just like big babies with mother complexes mm-hmm. um and how outlaws and terrorists of today could be the heroes of tomorrow and society has been like we love that story anyway let's let's just do all the bad stuff let's refuse talk about to learn the lesson of it yeah it's amazing yeah, it's pretty um, awesome pretty awesome to how the we point just that don't do not take this story to heart although we keep telling it that the poor in in this movie the poor go to jail for just being poor Mm -hmm. for the crime of being poor and it's like yeah that's what we do Mm -hmm. also the church is useless did you notice that yeah they don't do a fucking thing (laughs) yeah they just mourn the situation they're like oh well we don't pay taxes because we're the church anyway hey mouse put your money in this for the poor They have the saddest little fucking animals in this. The It's brutal. It's like a miserable yeah. little film in the middle it there. It really is. Until they For all de- people... until they all decide to say fuck it and go and live off the grid. <laughs> right. And I was watching the whole time like you're animals. You don't need money. What are you doing? You fucked up. You fucked up, animals. Like uh, Again, you know. we keep telling the story and not letting some of the more important lessons sink in. I think that's one of them. Right. Animals <laughs> don't need money. Well, yeah, you know. Anyway, yeah, I know. You, Money you, is you, you a see thing. What I'm saying we made it up. It does. It's not we real. Made it up. Um. So yeah, I guess for people who haven't seen this movie, I I don't know if that needs to be said. It's the story of Robin Hood, but it's a bunch of fuckable animals. There, I just uh, mm-hmm. uh, explained the movie. Particularly, the, it starts with the foxes, Robin Hood and Maid Marian. Right. The the sexiest cartoon foxes in, in Disney history. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, this was seventy three. I I have no sense of time when it comes to Disney movies before like the nineties. So like this could have been made in the thirties for me. I'm like or the forties or fifties. I just I I don't fucking because how many of them begin with the storybook like the Shrek storybook opening? A lot of the old because I feel ones. yeah they do right. Mm-hmm. They should bring that back. They could. That's I fun. mean, if 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 they're listening. Yeah. Um, Walt Walt's always listening. He has every radio signal piped into his little cryogenic freezer tube and oh yeah in Burbank. he's plugged into the net yeah yeah he is he's like lo- he's like lo- end of lawnmower man yeah he's yeah he's the- jeff fahey at the yeah. <laughs> so yeah i i have some bold statements about this sure. movie i guess one i think this is one of the i think the best opening to a disney film like opening credits it's so delightful just having them running around it's like a it's like watching it's like watching a theater club or like a traveling theater troupe or something because it really leans into the ensemble idea robin hood is not in this movie very much no he's not <laughs> it's this big yeah, ensemble this... cast of mostly comic actors uh just yeah. being real fucking yucksters and it's it's really rec- kind of a series of vignettes more than anything else it really is i mean it does follow robin hood yeah um 
uh, but it is like uh, yeah to the point at the beginning when they're doing the opening credits they're yeah they're introducing each character here are the players yeah yeah and what animal they are Mm -hmm. it's it's a delightful fucking and then there's just this little like uh procession happening on screen and then robin hood getting chased away by the rhino guards it's and it's just like a white background to the whole thing it's just it feels very modern um more more modern obviously than the movie is uh, and I always thought that was great. Um, I also think this is one of the best voice acting Disney has done. Um, I don't recognize most of the voice actors, except for one. Do you know which one? I assume Phil Harris. I don't know the name. The Sheriff. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, I was like, Pat, I heard that Buttram. voice. Yeah, I heard the voice. and I'm like, well, that's Back to the Future 3 right there. Yeah, yeah. They did, a, they did a fucking gag in the movie where uh, the sheriff and all of his men are all Western actors. It's great. Yeah. And if you if you remember Back to the Future 3, he's just one of the old he's timers the old at the bar, the bar yeah. who has cowboy voice. Yeah. Like he just has natural oh, yeah, yeah, cowboy no, if, voice. If you watched, if you, if your dad made you watch movies growing up. <laughs> If if your parents are boomers and your dad made you watch movies growing up, you have seen this guy in probably 38 Westerns. Like he was, him and and, uh, Trigger and Nutsy were just regulars. Uh, The guy who plays Friar Tuck as well, he's another Western actor. Um, But like this guy, it's like, it's it's cartoonish western. Oh yeah, like it's introduction to like you're getting on Thunder Mountain. Now what's all yeah. here? here, here. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, you guys know the it's sheriff. Like he's set. It's he's either doing it on purpose or like that's just he has he, natural he's leaning, cowboy he's leaning voice. into it a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I I don't know. Do you do you agree with me with that? Where like the voices are all like middle aged people, and I love that. Well, they're I all agree. Just sort of, I, they're not very cute. I agree because this Robin Hood in my mind uh, is like a kindred spirit to me with the great mouse detective because I agree that I think all of the the voice cast is great and a lot of it it has to do with there isn't really a quote unquote star in it. They're just kind of like casting a lot of its comic actors, like I said, um, but it yeah. centers around sort of like a standout. Uh, a single standout performance and in, in Great Mouse Detective it's the bad guy it's it's Vincent Price as Radigan and right. uh, in this one it's the bad guy as well it's Peter Ustinoff as Prince John which is he... just about the funniest fucking vocal performance you could think yes. of <laughs> it's weird to see a cartoon character chew the scenery um, but it's it, that's what's he happening. is making Hit a meal Hiss. out of every so- yeah Sir Hiss is Terry Thomas is another comedic actor but it, it's like it's like watching a, a ski, every scene of theirs is like a Carol Burnett sketch. It's like watching these two guys just make a meal out of the most inconsequential lines. Like I fucking love Yusinov as Prince John. He'll say things like, "Now see here, his one more his out of you, his, and you'll be walking to nothing." Like, it's fucking. So good. <laughs> I've got a dirty thumb. I love that thumb. fucking line. That sick fuck. When he says, uh, I don't know if he says this. Someone says, be gone, long one, to the snake. And I lost it. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking funny. <laughs> That's Phil Harris. That's Little John. Okay. But little John, he's another best, great one. Yeah. yeah. And this has some of the best like, little ones. my buddy. <laughs> it's so well done. Oh, he's the, just so the voice of. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. So the op- like the opening thing is, at, at Robin Hood and Little John, um, they Walk they into the uh, forest, yeah, reminiscing this and that. 
Um, they see Prince John's uh, little parade thing, his little parade route. Yep. You know, when people traveled, they traveled via parade um, back in the day. Yeah. And they... Uh, the prince. Yeah. And they dress up uh, as seers. And I love that like, this is a time where a fortune teller on the side of the road apparently is enough to go like, oh, we have to pull over and do this. Well, think about it. You don't um, have any entertainment. There's no internet. There's no... Right. There aren't any highways. So there's no like you can't pull off to the side of the road and see Kitsch. Kitsch has to come to you. Right, that's true. Yeah, that, yeah. What are the odds? And they do a little bit where they're like, yeah, they're robbing them blind. Well, um, the snake always inevitably is on to it. Um, yeah, and and Prince John never listens. I, I love the fucking. It cuts outside to like little John, just like oh, he's like oh, solid gold hubcaps, and he's like taking the hubcaps off. And yeah, I, he's stealing his fucking hubcaps. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so there's Robin applied, but I like that it, it cuts away from Robin's like grift inside the cab for a little while until there's like a reveal where they have to they have to run off, and Prince John comes out and he's literally in his underwear because Robin Hood has like stolen his clothes, even yeah. and his crown. <laughs> I think. It's so weird. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I like that we just don't we don't get to when see it. It's just it's escalated as much to yeah yeah the yeah. Kissing the rings is great. It's such a good bit. There's such good comedic timing. It's like modern comedic timing with a lot of this. Um, and then, yeah, uh, uh, the, the performances. And then the rhino loves Little John's big old dumper. Hell yeah, it does. Again, a lot of fuckable animals in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, like, this actually sets up something that it's not like a note obviously but i'm i'm curious about so there's a few there's a few ideas around robin hood in this and what i'm realizing is this is also like one of my favorite portrayals of robin hood like what do we have what do we have for that we have like the kevin we costner. have russell crow yeah. kevin costner we got I'm the classic go ahead. like errol flynn errol flynn or is that fairbanks but you know, know. like this the old 30s swashbuckling version of robin hood which is what this one is closer to yeah, we got Carrie Elways, Carrie, which is closer to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have, and then we have that one where they all wore like modern outfits, and it was, you know, the one that bad one. Remember the bad one? No. Oh, the one with Jamie Fox. Yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. Where they like forget to show him give to the poor yes. for most of it. Yeah. Um, like that's what they really just focus him... on him being badass. Like yeah, the Costner one does that too. Like this one. Yeah. This one, he really is more like Spider-Man. Like, he's happy-go-lucky, but he's kind of living in on, on the fringes. Like, he's not keeping anything for himself. Uh, a man of the people. He's a man of the people. He's a total man of the people. He swoops in to, like, give people money after the sheriff comes in and takes it all. Like, and that he, the sheriff fucking bursts in and destroys that poor child's birthday. Oh, my God. That's the funniest <laughs> fucking scene. And then robs this- a, what he thinks is a blind man on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> This this has the most dirtbag moments like that because they get scumbags. They get a bunch of like mice and bunnies, and they just make them. They I'm pretty sure they cast actual kids. Oh yeah, like that turtle as well. Those are all kids. And they give them like quivering lips and like teary eyes as they're being robbed. (laughs) It's the funniest. It's so over the top mean. Um, Now don't take it so hard, son. The, yeah. the prince wishes you a happy birthday too. And little buddy's like stuttering, He's weeping. Yeah, mean old sheriff took my b- birthday present. 
Oh my god, it's so over the top. That's one that, like, as a kid, that made me sad. Watching it now, I'm like, it's oh my brutal. god, this is brutal. I mean, yeah, the, the, this is so funny that it's so brutal. There's a couple of there's there were a couple of parts that still did like bother me, and I mean, yeah, Friar Tuck getting arrested is still real fucking dark. It is like that's real dark. <laughs> it really is. They love it. Disney loves it. They love it. doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, but so like that's one of the things that occurs to me, like. Honestly, in most of them, even in like Men in Tights, not that we didn't need to hold that to the same standard, but like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, like the classic Robin Hoods. I haven't seen the older ones. We don't really see him giving to the poor. They always kind of cut that out. They show him stealing from the rich. And like in like the Kevin Costner one. Because the movies tend to focus a lot on the adventure of it. Yes. And it's always stealing from the rich to fund his militia, it feels like. More than give. Like they never show. Like the problem is it's like you're either on his side and you get the money or you're or he, you never see him just like go to a village to people who are apolitical, you know, who are not involved um, and become like, that's the idea, right? He's a man of the people more than he has a militia. It's more that it's like, yeah, he has a little militia, but also just the common folk love him and they never show that. And it, this is like one of the few ones where they do. They show this scene we're describing where Robin Hood comes in just to check in on this poor family and give them some money. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you know, keep your chin up. Um, and you immediately understand his appeal as a character. Right, he's a folk hero. Like, oh, you know, if, don't, don't worry because, you know, Robin Hood might show up and, and uh, brighten up your birthday or something. And sure enough, he did. And it's like, now be good and keep your chin up. And away Robin Hood right. goes. You know, it's, it's, that's, that's part of what a folk hero is. It's just funny because I know there are other characters like this where they're so oversaturated in their depiction that you realize that they forget to show some of the basic things. Yes. Um, <laughs> because the they're like, very you get it. basic things. Yeah. Yeah. Steals from rich, gives to the poor. And it's like, yeah, but you have to show that in your movie. You need us, you um, need us to, to know this about him. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I mean, this like, one actually it, Ro- takes that time. Robin Hood gets away with it because y- it can buy just like in Prince of Thieves, for example, just leans into Nottingham's cruelty. So it's like, well, the people are on Robin Hood's side because he's fucking sticking it to Nottingham. So, you know, right. so, so we kind of, we, we get, we get to the end result, the end narrative result the same, but it's not like the same, it's not the same spirit. Yeah, exactly. As you, it doesn't feel as much, I don't know, you, you realize like, it's like lesser of two evils. It is. In yeah, that case. exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, it's I guess like, we'll fucking root for this guy because he's, <laughs> he's less awful yeah. but like robin hood is also it's interesting because that's a combination of the fact that robin hood is also very cocky um and so like it would be really really easy like that new the jamie fox one and that one when you watch that he's you just hate him because he's not he's he's not like there's one scene they show one scene where he's hucking coins at like houses and you're like okay see he like they do it in like yeah. 15 seconds they're like he gives to the poor and it's like got it but like it feels so unearned. He just um, fucking whips it at their houses like a methed out paper boy. Right. And I think that's important because like this movie has one of the things that is also a very it's a very common Robin Hood trope that even this movie doesn't explore that much, which is that Robin Hood is very cocky. He to the point that he gets him in trouble, right? Right. He he's he's doing like you know they the first thing they show is that they're stealing uh prince john and they're not happy unless they literally strip him 
of his wealth that like little John sees the, um, the hubcaps yeah. and Robin Hood has yeah. taken his clothes. And then later on when they are busting all the people out of prison and yes. they're getting, they're busy getting all the people out and Robin Hood's like, okay, John, you get all the people out. I'm going to go rob the prince. <laughs> and what, right, fu- and what I- fucks them up, what almost gets them caught is, is Robin Hood is, is robbing Prince John. And it's his greed because he wants every last because he, he takes every fucking bag. Yeah. And it's interesting that they don't develop any sort of arc with that. Um, no, it's, it's you're right. It's there. It's there. But the movie doesn't highlight it, really. So it's not something I ever thought about when I was a kid. Like, you just think, well, yeah. Robin Hood's good. He's taking all the money because Prince John is bad. And it's all the people's money. He's stealing it all back. It's like, right. He's like a little stinker where it's like, yeah. oh, I got to get that last bag. Be careful, Robin Hood. And it's the same with the archery contest. Right. Like he, there's no reason for him to go to the archery contest. It is completely an act of vanity. Well, uh, he wants to see Maid Marian. So they, they find little ways for us to still be on his side, which is what the adaptations you're talking about tend to forget. Like you were talking about the Jamie Foxx one, with it, which I think is Taron Egerton as uh, sure. Robin Hood. Um, I think it's Elton John as Robin Hood. Anyway, um, right. where they, they forget to, to do that, where it's, that's part of being a rogue, is we, he still has to have a, a, a charm and a, and a good quality to him. So it's like we can abide his cockiness because he's going to the archery tournament because he wants to see Maid Marian. And then they have that scene where she recognizes him and it's very sweet. Um, and it, ha- it leads, leads into a, another scene that remained as dark as it was for me when I was a kid, which is when Robin Hood gets caught and Prince John is just going to cut his head off right there. And he's right. like, oh, really? You love him? And, sh- and they have they exchange that scene where it's just, you know, these, these two cartoon foxes in a Disney movie. But, but Maid Marian's like, yeah, I do love him. And he's like, I love you more than life itself. And he's like, oh, well, cut his head off anyway. And it, it's, it's the, the drum beat and the fucking black hooded rhino. It's rhino, dark. Yeah. It's dark. It's really dark. It's really dark. <laughs> that's also, that's a good scene for, because they do another thing in this that they have to do is because they're trying to only be like an hour and 20. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Got to get in and get out with cheap. these things. <laughs> yeah. Got to reuse that Snow White animation. And um, they're reusing a lot of Jungle Book in this. <laughs> yeah, they and, are. And actually Aristocats too. It, it's more on, yeah. the, I think they literally take three of the same band characters from Aristocats in the uh, phony King of England scene. Amazing. Anyway, sorry. Um, no, the, um, by the way, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I want to talk about the phony King of England. Um, uh, 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 they layer it where they're having an adventure and they're, he's professing his love. Let's get married. They're planning their wedding. They do a good job at condensing the Robin Hood story mm-hmm. is I guess what I mean, because there's the Marion stuff, which is like, always like it's kind of the B plot to Robin Hood. And yeah. they do a very good job at sort of they just, condensing yeah. and layering it. You stick to, where they like, stick to the archetypes because I mean, it is a legend. So, right. Like uh, traditionally, forgive uh, uh, correct me if i'm wrong traditionally at the end robin hood has to save maid mary right um typically i think but I, i'm not actually that familiar with the legend i just know the different movies and that's usually what happens at the yeah, end of the Benetites, movie costner yeah um Be the old when ones card when, yeah. when picard uh the 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 one where q put makes him robin hood that's what he has to do um and so I just think it's interesting because Maid Marian kind of she kind of bounces for the third act. Yeah, she's in Sherwood Forest. Him, He's just hanging out. Right. Yeah, and like maybe I I don't know if I were writing this I would have involved her more, but I do like 
that they're they leaned on he's a man of the people to the point that he literally has to save all the people mm-hmm. or rather animals instead of may marion and i just think that's an interesting change based on like being having to condense stuff where it's like his love for may marion is kind of wrapped up after the Right after they after they escape in the archery scene, and that that's kind of when they get a bunch of people to come join them in Sherwood Forest and live off the grid. But yeah, right, and that makes it makes sense when you think about it. Where it's like that is the arc is like he's a rogue. They haven't seen each other for a while. Do they love each other? Oh, they love each other. And then the story, there's like, oh, and she's captured. He has to save her. And like making that tweak, it's like, yeah, that doesn't change the arc at all. No, Uh, and it's and it's. It's you're right. It's not, and it's not even really much of an arc because he starts as a man of a people and he ends there. It's just, I guess, it's more of like a completion of our understanding of his character, because like, like we were saying, like his cockiness is what precipitates the first two events that happen. Because really, this movie is a series of three events: it's the carriage robbery, it's the archery scene, and then it's the jailbreak. Right. Um, and the carriage robbery and the archery scene are both because of Robin's being cocky. Like little John's like, oh, we probably shouldn't rob Prince John. We're getting deep shit if we do that. And Robin Hood's like, ah, fuck it. So they rob him blind. And what does Prince John do? He takes it out on the people. Um, but in this archery contest, he's like, oh, Maid Mary's going to be there. Well, fuck it. I'll go, go and shoot. And then they, you know, he goes there and gets, gets himself into trouble. But then the final thing, when they bust um, Friar Tuck, he, he, he he comes out of there um, when he finds out that that's what they're building the gallows for. And little John's like, fuck, what are we going to do? And Robin's like, we got to do a jailbreak tonight because their plan is for tomorrow. Like they're setting up an ambush for us to come save him during the hanging tomorrow. So we bust him out tonight. And little John's like, that's nuts. There all these guards are here. He says, but we've got to John or else they'll hang fire tuck at dawn. So we're seeing the, the other half of Robin's personality that makes his cockiness. Okay. Is that, oh, yeah. he's unselfish, ultimately. Like, he is What's, selfish in, in his cockiness to a degree, but ultimately he will, he will, he's a man of the people. It's like, we gotta save him. What's interesting is that, like, if this was made now, I think they would have made a way more clear arc. I think of some of this, because I'm trying to think of old Disney movies from, like, the 70s and before, and I don't think they, they focus as much on character arcs. They sort of, it's just well, especially, archetypes. Yeah, especially with the older ones, they when they're like adaptations of fairy tales or when they're like legends like Robin Hood, where it's it's less about an arc and it's more about a lesson or, you know, um, right. or so like, and then that lends Robin, the nature of this film to being sort of vignette-ish. Um, right. So it's more just kind of like, oh, we're here a couple of chapters in the legend of Robin Hood. So it's less about his character progressing and more of, oh, he starts as the same hero that he ends as. It's just, here's a couple of adventures. Right. But you could have easily, like, you, you could have easily done it where the, the, the all, everybody gets, you know, basically every, everybody gets fucked yeah, in the third act. They really do. <laughs> they make up a song on the spot that's so good that it, it becomes a hit, which I think is very funny for a musical. Cause it's like, are the, is the music, do you, uh, yeah, it's always the question for a musical, which is like, do they know they're singing? Or does it symbolize something? And this is one of the few musicals where a song that's sung is like so memorable that they later show characters like humming it and they're like, yeah, that was a that was such a banger. And like that's what makes the uh, Prince John get mad because he learns that they sung a song. That's what makes him, him arrest everyone. Yeah. And so you'd think there'd be a moment where Robin Hood would have that would get like like someone would yell at him and be like, Don't you see? It's your hubris everybody's paying for your hubris right right like why can't you just leave it alone he needs a christian slater to be yelling at him exactly and then 
And then you'd have to complete that arc, a scene at the end where he has to choose between getting a bunch of gold or saving everybody, you know? Um, and then he chooses the people instead of his own, you know, like that's what it feels like. They're exploring this idea that they are great. They're greedy themselves. Like they love, they love stealing this shit. Um, but right. And he does make up for it by showing him that he's not keeping any of it. Right. So it works ultimately. And it's not just that he's greedy. It's also that, like we said, he's a little rascal. He's like bugs bunny. He can't resist needling the prince. He can't resist fucking with Prince John. And it, it causes harm to the people because Prince John takes it out on the people when he can't catch Robin Hood. Right. But yeah, I think, it it's not like a problem with the movie because like when they're stealing all the gold for example i re- i was thinking like you don't need every bag do you robin hood that's going to get you in trouble <laughs> yeah. and then you see that the gold is being um funneled directly to the people and i'm like yeah they do need all the yeah, gold yeah fuck it take in it fact, all yeah all these people are just, starving to death <laughs> right i don't know why robin hood doesn't just slit his throat when he's sleeping that would have solved <laughs> cuz he's not a murderer then he's not a rogue then he's not roguish yeah. Fo- he's a fox foxes kill they do. Just the people could the See, people could rise Dave, up against Dave. If 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 you slit people's throats and steal their money, then you're just a murderer. <laughs> yeah, but like this is, I think I think they could have. I think nobody would have complained in this time. <laughs> Dif- um, more 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 difficult to cheer for. Yeah. All right. I have another aspect of Robin Hood as a character that sure. I realized that this movie covers that I don't really remember any other movie covering robin hood is a master of disguise mm-hmm. is that that's like you think of the all right so what's interesting about this is like i think this is better storytelling than like in prince of thieves for example robin hood is is kevin costner who i would argue is not a master of disguise you don't look at that guy and think oh that guy can take on any role um he can't even do an accent in it. Um, he's but not a chameleon. there's a scene later where he plays a beggar. Yep. And I always kind of laughed at that. It's the it's the it's exact so... scene that's in this movie. It's when he comes up to exactly. the gallows and asks him, "What are you building the gallows for?" Right. But in this one, they set it up from the start. They right. We've seen him do it a towers. couple of times. Yeah. Right. It, even and this old play... man character, like this old man, is like his matchstick Malone. Right. To the point that him and Little John keep being like, oh, you, you just you wait for this disguise. Like they're competing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they keep like competing their, their method acting. Their improv kids. Yeah. It's just very interesting because I, I can't remember any other Robin Hood that really has done this. They'll usually have a scene where he shows up in disguise, right? Usually the archery. Right. Yeah, it's usually the archery but, scene. This actually just like takes more of its time narratively to set up that this is a part of his character. Like, I feel like this movie establishes the character of Robin Hood better than a lot of them. Um, and at the same time, doesn't fulfill an arc, which I just think is weird. Like, they, they spend a lot of time doing a great job at, like, you know, by... By the first scene, you know exactly what kind of person Robin is. Exactly, yeah. It's like I said, I I think this is trading exclusively in like archetypes, right? Because it is a legend. So they're just like, well, Robin Hood is three things. But it's just funny that they set it up so well, Mm -hmm. so quickly. Yeah, it's in, really, it's in the first, it's in the opening song into that first scene where it's Robin Hood and Little John sitting in the tree and having their conversation. Like, we know everything we need to know about those two, pretty much. And then by the end of the robbery, we know absolutely everything we need to know about these characters. Yeah. 
and and it sets <clears throat> up like the exchange that like yeah uh little john he goes in loud a lot i love the line what a beautiful brawl he yeah, says yeah, yeah. <laughs> beautiful brawl <laughs> it's such a good fucking line and the scottish chicken lady cluck taking on all those like, rhinos likes to beat the shit out of people too yeah Oh, uh, that's solid. But yeah, we also in the tree scene we learn that Little John is more cautious, and Robin likes to go over the top. Right, Robin keeps pushing it. Yeah, that's again they they do such a good job setting up all these aspects of him that like I guess they thought like yeah they're like we're just telling we're just telling the story. It's just a re- legend. We don't have to like give him a big. Uh... It's it's a different attitude. It's the same you guys know, but they they spent time. Like they, they were like, you guys know the archery thing. Like they never, and, and, right. and, and to, to the credit of those other movies, most of those movies don't like bother to sit, sit us down and explain to us why Robin Hood is great at archery. He just fucking is. That's fine. Um, yeah. But like it, this one wisely decides to focus on all like the, the heart of, uh, of Robin Hood, which is the, the man of the people stuff. And the fact that he has to ultimately be this unselfish character in order for the story to feel I think the way that it's supposed to feel or the way that it probably felt when people were telling it back then, right? Because it's supposed to give you hope and make you feel happy. <laughs> right. That's that's what I'm thinking about. Like, like so what happens? They put on a folksy puppet show. Um, and yeah. that always goes wrong, you know? And it always gets a song. little too... It always gets a little uncomfortably violent. Right. Um, and it gets so good that even, like, Sir Hiss and the sheriff are singing the song. Yeah. So, like, you can, in a way they don't pin it on robin hood like robin hood isn't the reason it's all the people rise up a little bit and they dare to be like right this to be having one, fun this at one his expense. tiny bit of rebellion this com- utterly harmless song and he throws yeah. them all in fucking jail <laughs> And this is all to say it wouldn't it doesn't feel like it would have be fair for them to be like see what you did robin hood oh yeah because it there the movie again it's very it's telling a very straightforward moral tale which is like sometimes you got to be a terrorist yeah. uh and and like when you know when society is unjust and so they and for that reason they just they draw that moral line so clearly that even robin hood a rogue who pushes his luck they just treat that like a fun little quirkiness to his character and not like a serious problem that needs to be fixed so he never has to have that arc ultimately and that is a lot of old disney right like disney would later play with this like i you know i always talk about the third cinderella because when you watch the first cinderella it's there's like that movie i think doesn't work for the same reason because there it's so they draw these lines and it just feels like so overly simplistic you know where like this this prince just meets this pretty girl at a party and decides I'm going to marry her even though I don't know her and the evil stepmother and stepsisters are just evil you know it's just good and evil mm-hmm. even this one like pr- uh, the fucking prince john has this weird mother complex that it like it's funny how like it feels like even na- like in this movie all the way to today we've always kind of had rich people's numbers oh right? yeah they're, they've Where always been like, the same person yeah i was just tweeting about Foxcatcher because i watched that recently and that was made in like 2017 and it's just about elon musk <laughs> it's just like huh yeah i guess we uh, this was always a thing right like rich people have always been like this and they they give prince john this complex where he's just like he wants to be loved right but no one likes him and he can't he has everything in the world but he doesn't have 
the hearts of the people and it drives him nuts. Yeah. It's a great little detail for him. Um, I had a few things. Fry, all right. So Friar Tuck getting arrested. Yeah. Um, again, we sort of talked about how that's supposed to be made Marion. Um, and it is kind of weird only because he doesn't really have a relationship much with Friar Tuck. Not that, no, not that we really see. Like Friar Tuck shows up, uh, and tells him that Maid Marion is going to be at the archery tournament, but that's really the only time we see them together before he gets arrested. Yeah. I think it's just because like the strength of Robin's reaction, obviously they're going to hang a a monk like, and he's a big figure in the community. Like he's a, he's a fatherly figure to the community. So Robin's like, this cannot happen. Like this is a weird choice. Like little John have little John, you know, Um, sure. But yeah, you're right. It's just an odd choice. Uh, I have a sec, uh, a question. Why do snakes hypnotize people? I think that's like an old timey storytelling device. Because the snake in Jungle Book also does it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the answer is because they needed to reuse the animation. Um, but it's weird, right? It's weird that snakes hypnotize people. Um, I guess it's just, I don't know. I guess it is if weird. I, it's just always kind of been a storytelling thing. Yeah. If you Google Disney snake hit hypnotized uh you let's see yeah it's just porn you get porn um but like there's must be a reason right like it's there's got uh, i'm gonna google it why sorry sorry everybody do snakes hypnotize disney uh i'm not gonna read never mind i think there is like some sort of thing where snakes like where like i all right here's my guess Uh, i've seen like a lizard eat something and the thing gets frozen in fear and maybe like a bunch of idiots back in the day thought like you know like that oh it's hypnotizing him or something like that um maybe yeah i don't know that's my guess i don't know it's just weird and it doesn't even come into play in this one that much no, not really. It's almost like a, a callback to Jungle Book <laughs> because the, right. the character model is almost the same. Oh, my God. So I'm right. It, it, it is. Sorry. Uh, it is thought that the misconception that snakes are able to hypnotize their prey comes from a combination of their lidless eyes and the defense mechanisms of their prey, causing them to completely freeze up, making it look like the snake has power over them. So that's what it is. That's really funny. That's really funny. That's some old timey assholes. Or like, it must be hypnotizing the mouse. Couldn't be that the mouse sees a giant serpent and is like, be very, very yeah, maybe still. Maybe if I don't move, <laughs> he won't see my ass. Yeah. Those idiots. Those old-timey idiots. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I just have loose notes. Did a little kid yelling death to tyrants. Yep, right? yep, yep, yep. Solid. Uh, get him yeah. radicalized early. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, creepy. Creepy rooster um oh yeah his old man outfit is just his laziest disguise i just have to call him out for that i just gotta blast him for that um yeah also they go on their honeymoon and they take a child rabbit with them i thought that was weird it's a little weird why can they just take people's kids do they have that respect of the community that they can just take someone's child on their honeymoon as like a servant i assume maybe maybe they're gonna employ him as their like towel boy or something that's why yeah it's like his little servant or i don't know i don't know um all right that's all i got on this i don't have any additional notes yeah yeah it's a it's a great fucking i mean feel like i shouldn't have to say that people should see this i i don't know i i 
it's hard to say what my like favorite disney thing is like favorite disney cartoon is so it feels so subjective because there's so many and it's all kind of a mood right like what you're in the mood for yeah because cinderella was another one i watched a bunch as a kid same like this is from that era this is from the era where you know i'd go to the library you rent something and it's like land before time robin hood you know uh and so like i have heavy nostalgia for this but it isn't like in terms of narratively like it's more just vibes it is, it is like i i just like i like this era of cartoons where they could just say like here's a here's a story you all know like that was enough you know mm-hmm. and now disney it just has to get more and more subversive and stuff that it is kind of like more of a challenge like the bar was so low back then where they're just like here's robin hood but he's an animal you're like cool wow money. wow um but so yeah i don't know i i this is all to say that like i'm curious what like um a modern child who hasn't seen this would think about it it's probably just really simple or basic because like we talk about how like how scary it is um but is it that scary or is it scary because we were children um it's not scary it's just there are two um real heavy moments of darkness right because i felt it too when they drag him away i felt that feeling and i was like oh right i remember this as a kid and when that fucking rhino shows up with the something about a rhino with a mask it's just like why does that rhino need to be anonymous that alone disturbs me you know yeah well he's the one cutting heads off yeah but like come on he's a rhino this is what it's just his what he does also like i don't know just use your just use your horn it doesn't matter um but those two moments, they scare me. But like thinking of them objectively, it's like they're not that scary. I feel like freakier things have happened in modern kids movies now. I don't know. Yeah. Um. All right. I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Burrito. Happy 50 year anniversary. Yeah. Did this invent furries? I, I, I assumed it was furries before this, but there may have been this probably know. this probably like really like I feel like I'm sure it helped. It's. That's what I mean. I think it's like an aha moment for friends mm-hmm. where they're like, that's what's been. Oh, yeah. I'm head. sure. I'm sure this is a profound sexual awakening. I mean, I know it yeah. is. I've, I've heard that it is. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, it's, Disney, you know, it's a fine little film. It, it, it's like Disney and Warner Brothers with fucking the, the Lola Bunny stuff. It just feels like this is what they're trying to do. Like, they just want us to fuck these animals. Is that. I think that's probably. Is that like, on I, me? I, no, I think that's probably part of their mission statement for sure. Right. Like I could when, say, when Walt Disney drew that mouse, or rather when he stole that drawing uh, that somebody else, Ubiworks, made of a mouse all that years ago, all those years ago, um, he was like, I'm going to dedicate in a hundred years, we're going to figure out how to make people want to fuck this mouse. Right. Like I can say with certainly that, certainty that I don't want to fuck these animals, but I, whenever I watch them, I'm like, why do you want me to fuck these animals? Yeah, I like, can especially tell that the Lola Bunny. Want, yeah. Yeah, where it's like you want me to be, you want me to want to fuck this animal that you drew, and that's weird to me. That's weird to me that you want that. I don't. I. It's more weird. That's more weird to me than someone who's like, yeah, I have a, I have a thing. I want to be. I'm a furry. I want to fuck this animal, or, or just like you know, I know it's not all sexual for furries. That's less weird to me than like an animator mm-hmm. who's just like, yeah, you want to fuck this, don't you? Check yeah, it out. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because then I feel like I'm doing something like there. It's like some deeper thing that they need satisfied yeah um yeah that's a good place to end it yeah thank you burrito <laughs> this was through our patreon it was uh 
patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed g-a-m-e-f-u-l-o-y unemployed you go on there you pay five dollars a month you get access mm-hmm. to exclusive podcasts like tom and jeff watch batman fox Mulder's a maniac star trek the next futurama Spielboys. those are all for five dollars a month you get all of those um for a little more you can watch movies with us every friday night uh and then you can have custom we just watch custom podcasts you can make us do stuff for your amusement yeah you can like, yeah like watch robin hood um we also have a store head over to gamefullyunemployed.com where you can find a link to our teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts mugs stickers posters all sorts of things so slap your anthropomorphic no that's not right mm. maybe it is slap your little fox peepers onto that um yeah. and leave us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts yep and if you see a fox in the wild throw him some gold yeah see what He'll he does know what to do see what he does yeah yeah, see what it does. He'll probably bite you. No, no, you, you, leave, you, leave some, you leave some gold in front of a fox den. Next week, he started up a soup kitchen. They're, mm. they're foxes of the people. 